Exodus chapter 10 in the Bible, the Word of God, Exodus 10, and verse, uh, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart, and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him, and that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know how that I am the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Else if I refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow will I bring the locusts into thy coast. And they shall cover the face of the earth, that one cannot be able to see the earth, and they shall eat the residue of that which is escaped, which remaineth unto you from the hail, and shall eat every tree which groweth for you out of the field. And they shall fill thy houses, and the houses of all thy servants, and the houses of all the Egyptians, which neither thy fathers nor thy fathers' fathers have seen since the day that they were upon the earth unto this day. And he returned himself and went out from Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and with our herds will we go. We must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, Let the Lord do, be so with you, as I will let you go. And your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Not so. Go now, ye that are men, and serve the Lord, for that ye did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come up upon the land of Egypt and eat every herb of the land, even all that the hell hath left. And Moses stretched forth his rod over the land of Egypt, and the Lord brought an east wind upon the land all that day and all that night. And when it was morning, the east wind brought the locusts. And the locusts went up over all the coast of Egypt and rested in all the coast of Egypt. Very grievous were they. Before them there were no such locusts as they, neither after them shall be such. For they covered the face of the whole earth so that the land was darkened. And they did eat every herb of the land and all the fruit of the trees which the hell had left. And there remained not any green thing in the trees or in the herbs of the field through all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron in haste, and he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once, and entreat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this death only. And he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind, which took away the locusts, cast them into the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the coast of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart 
so that he would not let the children of Israel go. Now let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you this evening, I just want to thank you for the Word of God and thank you for another privilege this side of eternity to preach your Word. And Lord, without your touch, I could do nothing. And I pray the power of God to be upon me and help me to be a blessing and a help tonight. Give me understanding. May I rightly divide the Word of God and may you be honored in this service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I mentioned this morning I was going to speak on locusts and killer bees. And uh, maybe we'll get to the killer bees. We'll see. Let me start with the locust tonight. A locust is any short horn grasshopper or a grasshopper with short antenna or fillers. By the way, these are not locusts. And we will explain why these are not locusts. But these are not locusts. You'll notice that I have put some uh, uh, stem and green leaves in here. And they have not bothered the leaves. They have not eaten the leaves. The, if this was locust, those leaves would have been gone. Locusts, as we see here from the Word of God, uh, eat uh, everything that's green. They devour the crops. They devour the leaves off of the trees. They devour the shrubbery. They eat the grass. They leave nothing behind. And uh, But the locust is... Uh, a form of a grasshopper. Now, it's different than our grasshopper. The long-horned grasshoppers, or katydids, belong to another family, that that you see out in the grass jumping around, that we call grasshoppers. Those are not locusts that you read about in the Bible. Now, the locusts travel in swarms, and you will have millions of them traveling together. The female locust lays her eggs in the soil in a case that usually contains about 25 eggs, and they uh, multiply in this way. Now, uh, there was a swarm of locusts some years ago near the Red Sea, and they estimated that it covered an area of 2,000 square miles hard to comprehend that many insects, 2,000 square miles. Between the years of 1870 and 1880, the Rocky Mountain locusts in the United States destroyed millions of dollars worth of crops in the Mississippi Valley. During this 10-year period, there was a terrible plague of locusts uh, in the middle part of this country and they destroyed many, many crops. Between 1930 and 1940, there was great damage by the grasshoppers in the Pacific Coast and the Southwest United States. In 1954, in Kenya, Africa, there was a swarm of locusts that covered an area of 500 square miles. In 1957, there was a swarm they estimated it weighed 50,000 tons of locusts. 50,000 tons, and they ate their own weight every day. You can imagine the destruction that these locusts would bring. 
Now, a swarm of locusts will shut out the light of the sun. It will be as uh, uh, darkness in the area where they're swarming. There will be so many. And uh, they, of course, light on the fields. And when they come down, they cover the ground to a depth of six to eight inches deep. Now, can you imagine such destruction? Six to eight inches of locusts, nothing would be left. They bring absolute destruction, and they destroy faster than fire. They can devour an area and keep moving, devouring, and it will go faster than if you had a forest fire. That's how destructive the locusts are. Now, what we have in this jar tonight is not locusts. Again, as you see, they're not eating the leaves, but they do uh, destroy. Now these are called, they call them cicadas, C-I-C-A-D-A is what they're called. They have red eyes and they have uh, some red streaks on, on their wings. In this jar I have, I have uh, some of the, uh, uh, where they crawled out of the ground there, the cases they were in when they first came out of the skin or whatever you call it there. And they crawled out of the ground and then they shed this, uh, this uh, uh, outer coating here, this skin, and they come out and grow, have the wings, and, and uh, then they fly off. But uh, these are 17 years, which means they only come out once in 17 years. Now they come out of the ground, and they climb up on you, probably if you have any around your ass, it's amazing right here in the county. Uh, some people I have... Uh, tens of thousands of them, I suppose, in the area, and other areas don't have any. Uh, but uh, uh, they come out different areas at different times. There's a little hole in the ground, and they crawl up on a stem, and they shed, they shed this uh, skin, and, and uh, then they go up in the, in the uh, trees and the limbs of the trees, the small limbs of the trees. The sound that you hear is the males uh, calling the females. <laughs> And uh, uh, they, they come out once every 17 years to mate there, and the female cuts a slit in the bark of the tree, of the limb there, the small limb, and they lay their eggs. And uh, some limbs on some of my trees are dying where they've done this. And that limb will cause the limb to die and fall off, and, and those eggs will hatch out, and it will, the larvae will go back in the ground and they'll feed on the roots of those trees for 17 years and then they'll come out and repeat the cycle. So that's how, how it works and that's what these are doing and uh, uh, we have these to illustrate tonight. Now coming back to the locusts, we find that uh, I mentioned uh, some fellow eating these cicadas and uh, he said there's good... Uh, uh, he can have them. He can have these if he wants them. But uh, I don't think I'll try any. But uh, the locusts were eaten. I want you to turn to Leviticus 11. We'll come back to Exodus here in a little bit. Leviticus chapter 11. 
And we'll find where God does give permission for the locusts to be eaten. In Leviticus chapter 11 and uh, verse uh, 20. Leviticus page 139 verse 20 chapter 11. And uh, verse 20, all fowls that creep going upon all four shall be an abomination unto you. Yet these may eat of every flying creeping thing that goeth upon all four, which have legs above their feet to leap with all upon the earth. Even these of them ye may eat, the locusts after his kind, and the ball locusts after his kind, and the beetle after his kind, and the grasshopper after his kind. But all other flying creeping things which have four feet shall be an abomination unto you. Now, here we find God's permission to eat them. So, in Bible times, the locusts were eaten. And no doubt they're still eating. Brother Otis is telling that he had seen grasshoppers years ago in the store for sale. You could buy grasshoppers. And, uh, uh, you know, if they depend on me to sell the grasshoppers, they, they wouldn't uh, stay in business too long. But anyway, uh, we find that they were used as food. God makes a distinction here and about these creeping things. And notice he said the flying creeping things. He said the locusts could be eaten. In fact, you read in the Bible in Matthew 3, and verse 4, and the same John, talking about John the Baptist, had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. Now, they, uh, history says that the poor ate the locusts. This was the food of the poor people. And they ate it with butter or honey, after they were salted and dried. So they took the locusts and they salted them down until they dried out and then they ate them with honey and butter. Now that may be good that way. Uh, some of you will have to get you some of these and try them and let me know if they're any good. Then I'll consider where I want any or not. But, uh, but anyway, <coughs> we find that they were eaten and primarily by the poor people because uh, there was an abundance of them uh, when, they, when they were in the area. So the locusts ate the green stuff, the locusts ate the crops, and God said, that's all right, you can eat the locusts. Uh, so they were eaten. Now when I was in Israel, uh, we, uh, uh, on the tour there, the, uh, we came upon what they call a locust tree. And the guide, he, uh, there was kind of a long black-looking uh, uh, fruit that was on this tree, and uh, he said, that's what John ate. Well, I don't know about that, but it, it sounds, you know, as I, after I studied this, uh, when he talks about he ate locusts and wild honey, and, uh, and we find that the locusts were eaten with honey, it sounds to me like he ate these, these locusts, uh, like the grasshopper-type locusts. So they were eaten in Bible times. There's another truth about these locusts, and that is that they're driven by the wind. 
And we find that in the book of Exodus there, where God brought a strong east wind, and he blew these locusts into the land of Egypt. They were in another area, but God blew them in there, and this was an unusual locust uh, uh, that came there and devoured the, the, the green stuff in the land of Egypt. You know, I was, uh, I was uh, heard on the news or somewhere uh, where, this, where a lot of things uh, are brought into the United States by the hurricanes, uh, that the wind from a hurricane will, will bring seeds and, and, uh, and things, insects, from hundreds of miles away, uh, even all the way across the ocean. It gets caught up in the wind, and uh, it carries it across the ocean to the United States. But they're driven by the wind. This is brought out in Psalm 109, verse 23, where he said, I am gone like the shadow when it declineth. I am tossed up and down as the locust. So the locusts depend on the wind uh, to carry them. They don't try to fly all this great distance. They just get in the wind, kind of like a, an eagle. Uh, they get up in the air and they let the wind uh, carry them and the currents. And so the locusts do this. Now, the Bible said in Proverbs 30 that they are exceeding wise. Proverbs 30 and verse 24 and also verse 27. He said, The locusts have no king, yet go they forth all of them by bands. They stick together. That's wisdom, isn't it? Uh, you know, the, the church of God would, would, could learn from the locusts. The people of God, instead of sometimes being so divided, uh, and uh, of course I realize the Bible said, can two walk together except they be agreed? If people do not believe the word of God, then certainly there cannot be any fellowship. But certainly there ought to be fellowship among people that have lacked faith and believe the Bible and believe the word of God. The Bible said the locusts have no king, they have no leader, and yet they stick together. You know, sometimes I, uh, I was talking to a pastor yesterday and he has gone into full-time evangelism now and, and he has retired uh, from his church. He'd been there, I think he said, about 29 years, pastor. And uh, uh, had a good church. Uh, he didn't tell uh, the size of his church or whatever. But uh, uh, his wife was with him, and she was talking about uh, uh, after they had left that the church had just kind of fallen apart. And uh, the pastor left, so uh, the church just kind of went down. And that happens many times, especially if a man spends a long time at a church. It seems to be that way. No matter who... They get us pastor. A lot of times there's problems. It's very rare that there isn't problems. But the locusts, the Bible said, they don't have a king, and yet they, they, they come together. They're not divided. They join together. They use the wind to travel, and uh, they are exceeding wise, God says. Now, there's a couple more points I wanted to bring out here. Uh, that I meant to do at the beginning. And I think I brought this out. We were studying that in, on Wednesday night, one Wednesday night, and I, some of you be familiar with this, but I'll bring this out again. I think I've covered some of this. 
But this writer says that the common locust is said to multiply faster than almost anything else in creation. The most numerous armies of men are compared to locusts. The destructive locust, described as larger than the ordinary grasshopper, has a large mouth opening with four incisive teeth in his two jaws, which can cut like scissors. Ordinary swarms have been known to cover the ground for miles around. Sun can be literally darkened by locusts in their flights from one place to another, and the noise of their flight is like the rattling of hailstones. The consequences are infinitely more destructive, however. They light on fields and form a bed six to eight inches thick. As to their eating, the noise they make in browsing can be heard at great distance. They completely consume all plant life, including the leaves of trees. They destroy even faster than fire, and there is not the slightest trace of vegetation left after they depart from a place. One can see from this what the supernatural plague on the Egyptians must have been. Psalm 79, 46 speaks of this plague, showing that God gave also their increase unto the caterpillar and their labor unto the locusts. So uh, we find that uh, they are very destructive, but they are wise. Now, there's another point I want to make. If you go back to Exodus there, Exodus 10, and that is that they speak of the wrath of God. Now, if you study the, uh, the uh, uh, book of Exodus there, you will find that God begins to send, God sends Moses back to Egypt to deliver Israel. And he begins to plague the Egyptians with a various plague. The plague that preceded the locust here was the plague of the great hail. God sent the hail, and uh, hail is also very destructive. I, was, I saw on the news I guess with this past week, somewhere in this country, uh, the hail balls the size of baseballs. And have you see that? Uh, and uh, but hail can be very destructive. You can imagine what uh, hail uh, a hailstorm that uh, with that size hail balls would do. It would kill you if you was outside. But uh, God sent the hail upon the land of Egypt. And everything that the hell did not destroy, God said, I'm going to send the locusts. And they will eat every green thing. And there, uh, the people, the advisors of Pharaoh, they try to get Pharaoh to, to reconsider. They've already had all these other plagues. And they said, Egypt is going to be destroyed. Let these people go. And old Pharaoh brings Moses in. He said, I'll let the men go. The women and the children will stay. Well, he, see, he's a politician. He knows those men's going to come back. Moses said no. See, he tries to get him to compromise, doesn't he? You know, a half-truth, uh, a half-truth is a lie. And uh, uh, Moses said, no, we're going with our wives, with our little ones, with our flocks. We're taking everything. In simple terms, we're leaving for good. We're not coming back. We're going out there to serve God. We're going to hold a feast of the Lord, and we're leaving with everybody and everything. And Pharaoh becomes angry, and he drives Moses out from his presence. God said, okay, Moses, stretch your rod out over the land of Egypt, 
and I'll bring the locusts in, and God sends the strong east wind. Now, God could have brought them without the wind, but God chose the natural means. He created the wind, and God can do things with nature or without nature. It's still God doing it. And so God used the east wind, just like when he opened the Red Sea there. God used the wind. God didn't need the wind, but he used that that he created to perform his work. And God again uses the wind, and he brings the locusts, and they come into the land of Egypt. They devour the crops. They devour the, the grass. They devour the trees. They get into the houses. I was reading also where that areas where they've had the great swarms of locusts that they get on the, uh, they get on the, uh, the pavement and they're killed and the pavement becomes slick with all the slime that's on it and it's just like ice trying to drive on it. There's so many. Can you imagine the locusts? Can you imagine six and eight inches deep of locusts in your house? You know, they're, they'd be bad enough outside, wouldn't they? much less inside. And so God sends this mighty plague upon Egypt. And as times before, O Pharaoh, after the locusts come and after they devour everything, and the land of Egypt looked like a desert when they got through. And there Pharaoh calls to Moses. He said, I've sinned, Moses. I'll let you get rid of these locusts. I've sinned. I'll let you go. If you'll just get rid of them. And old Moses goes out and begins to cry to God and said, Lord, take the locusts away. Old Pharaoh's repented and changed his mind. And God brings the west wind. The west wind comes and those old locusts travel by the wind. And God drives the wind, drives them into the Red Sea and gets rid of all that abundance of locusts that had invaded the land of Egypt. But here... They represent the wrath of God. And God uses His creation to perform His work. And you know, I think we ought to be, uh, we ought to listen when God speaks through creation. Now, I realize the devil as well can use the elements, or he, he can by permission. In the book of Job there, you find the devil using the wind. And, uh, but it's only by God's permission that he can do it, because God controls it. But certainly, I think when, when tornadoes come, when hurricanes come, when great devastation comes, I believe a people and a nation ought to wake up and say, what might God be wanting to say to us? Because God used the locusts here to bring his judgment upon Pharaoh and upon the land of Egypt. Now, God can use whatever he chooses to use. He chose to destroy the world by a flood once. He's going to destroy it by fire in the future. And God has used diff different methods and different ways and different uh, insects and, and various things to destroy creation. I was reading some time ago, if it was not, if it was not for all the insecticides and all the poisons that we have, and they're certainly not good for us. But they say if it was not, if, if they were all bad and we could no longer use any insecticides, it would not be long until the insects would multiply until it would be impossible to grow any food whatsoever. 
that the world will be devastated by the locusts and by other insects and they'd eat the crops and they'd destroy the crops and then nothing would grow and people would starve to death worldwide. So sometimes we have the choice of two evils. And it's an indication of the result of the curse of God upon a world of sin. I don't think there was any such destruction. I think before, before man sinned, that, uh, that the, the everything lived in harmony with one another. All the animals, all the birds and the fish and man and everything existed in harmony and there was no destruction. But after sin, we find things have been changed and uh, that has all been upset. Now turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and we find the warning of God. God had warned Israel what would happen to them and he gives his warning here in Deuteronomy 28 and verse uh, 38. Deuteronomy, page 247, verse 38. God talks about, he talks about the curse if they would not obey him and would reject his laws and live contrary to the laws of God. He says in verse 38 of Deuteronomy 28, Thou shalt carry much seed into the, out into the field and shalt gather but little in for the locusts shall consume it. God said the curse of God's going to be on you. If you break my law, if you do not hearken to my commandment, as he says in verse 15, but it shall come to pass, Thy will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee and he begins to name them. We've mentioned one of them here in verse 38. Also in verse 42, all thy trees and fruit of thy land shall the locusts consume. The Bible said the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. But a nation that ignores the laws of God and rejects God's law and God's word will have to pay the price. And someone said that judgment is not coming to America. Judgment has already begun. God certainly has blessed America over the years as no other nation. How God has blessed our land. And I pray to God, can you imagine what a plague of locusts could do to America in a year? If God allowed them, God controls the wind. He can blow them some other direction. He can blow them out in the oceans. But God can blow them over our land. You know what people that study all this tell us? They tell us we're one crop away from starvation in the United States. One crop. You think we don't need God tonight? People grumble about the weather. They grumble and complain because it rains. And they grumble at God and grumble about God's hand and what God's doing. And we defy God. We reject His law. We reject His word. Brother Jerry talking about all these bicyclists 
Probably a whole bunch of them's church people. I don't know. Maybe there weren't, but they ought to be in the house of God, not riding a bicycle. But uh, we have uh, we have rejected the Lord. We're one crop, one crop away from starvation in America. I used to work in a supermarket years ago when I first got out of school, and. Uh, you think you go to the supermarket, it's always full, you know, items. You won't believe how much those trucks bring in. You don't let the trucks come for a couple of weeks, you won't be able to find nothing. That store will be bare and be like Russia. They say things are cheap in Russia. The thing about it is just not anything to buy. You know, you have to stand in line for two hours, then they say, sorry, we run out. But here we have an abundance and the supermarkets are full. Now think of what a great depression would do to America. Heard my dad talk about it and others talk about it. Those were tough times. And there was some real character building in people's lives during those times. People know God in a different way. And they sought God because they needed God and they had to rely on God. And uh, those great times of depression and uh, but, but back then, people survived because 75, 80% of people lived on the farm. Now 75% or more, more, most everybody depends on the supermarket. Back when I was growing up, my, my grandmother used to put about 500, 500 cans of stuff every year. Can you imagine that? 500 cans. Canned everything. Canned all kind of fruit. Canned pork. Canned beef, can, uh, you just name it. I mean can everything. And you don't have to go to the supermarket. What any supermarket to go to? I mean a country store where you go get some salt and some flour and, uh, you know, and a few items, maybe some coffee. But you could survive. You could make it without it. Now, what if we had such devastation? What would people do? No food to buy how we need the Lord, and how people in this land ought to get on their face before God and worship God and seek God and repent of their sin and say, Lord, we need you, and dear God, send the rain and send the sun and keep the locusts away, and dear God, provide the crops and keep our nation strong. We need the Lord. If God sent the locusts through and they devoured the crop one year, our minds cannot comprehend what had happened. You see the pictures of those little black children over in Africa, and the little belly swelled out, and they're starving to death and dying by the thousands, and those over there in Iraq that's hiding from old Saddam Hussein, and uh, they're dying, the children are dying, and, and uh, of disease and starvation. We think it can never happen to America. It can happen to America. It will happen to America if America continues on the path she is headed. If God judged his own chosen nation, are we exempt from the judgment of God? God warned them. He said, I'll send the locusts. You'll sow a lot of seed, but you won't gather any crops because I'll send the locusts and they'll eat it and they'll eat the fruit and they'll eat your trees and there'll be nothing. God warned them. God withheld the rain there in the days of Jacob, 
seven years, there was no, no food and they had to go to Egypt to survive. The warning of God. Joel 1 verse 4 said, That which the pommel worm hath, eat, hath left, hath the locust eaten. That which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten. And that which the canker worm hath left, hath the caterpillar eaten. Those are the four stages of the locust. Talking about the same thing. The pommel worm is the first stage, which is the worm or the gnaw. The locust is the second stage in that scripture, and it's the swarmer. The third stage, the canker worm, is those that are, are leaping, the devourer, and the caterpillar, uh, not, not the caterpillar that we know, uh, of course, today uh, around here, but the caterpillar there was the uh, consumer, and this was the full-grown locust that had the wings and was carried by the wind. God warned of the locusts. Now turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 6. 2 Chronicles chapter 6. Verse 28, Solomon's dedicating the temple of God. Page 495. 2 Chronicles 6 verse 28. He said, If there be dearth in the land, if there be pestilence, if there be blasting or mildew, locusts, or caterpillars, if their, if their enemies besiege them in the cities of their land, whatsoever sore, or whatsoever sickness there be. And goes on and he said, God, I want you to hear, and I want you to forgive. In verse 30. Now turn over to chapter 7, and God gives his answer. Or Second Chronicles chapter 7, and verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer, and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land. There it is. God said, if I command the locusts to devour the land, like he did in Egypt. Or if I send pestilence, that disease, among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. That great scripture that's been used in revival meetings many, many times. God said, if I send the locusts, and they devour the land, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And that's God's promise to Israel. And I believe that promise is applicable in this day. If God sends plagues, if a people, if a nation will turn to God and repent, God will hear. I think we've seen that illustrated in the recent Iraqi war. There's one reason that we won that war, one primary reason. I gave you several and I preached on it. But there's one primary reason that America was so successful and it amazed even the military people that, that ordered the battle. There's one reason, and that's God. And there was a, there was a, a nationwide recognition of God and a calling upon God for help. Even the President of the United States on national TV said, called on the American people 
to pray to the God of heaven. And I believe God heard those prayers and those that were saved, and God answered. And he'll do it again. He says here, I, if they'll turn from the wicked ways, then I'll hear. Let me just quickly touch on the killer bees before I quit. And uh, I don't know what you've heard about these bees. And uh, I, had, I had an article somewhere, I think it's in U.S. News, but we couldn't find it. I meant to bring that and share it with you. But uh, you've probably heard it on the news. They're, they're down in Central America and Mexico, and these are a very unusual strain of bees. Uh, I don't like bees of any sort. Any, I realize bees are necessary, and you've got to have them, especially the honeybees and the bumblebees and those type bees that uh, pollinate the, the flowers and make the honey and all that. If you destroy all the bees, there'd be no crops. They're necessary, but I don't like them. I don't like bees, any kind, any color, any sort. Uh, the main reason I don't like them is because I'm allergic to them. When I get stung, they, it bothers me quite a bit. And uh, I just uh, try to stay clear of them as much as I can. But uh, uh, these killer bees, I understand that they've, they've gotten into Florida and into Texas, and they're heading in this direction, these bees have been known to attack large animals, horses, and cows, and sting them to death. They've been known to attack humans and sting them to death. They're very mean, they're very dangerous, and they can, uh, that's why it's concerned a lot of uh, people, especially a lot of beekeepers in America, of them coming in and and uh, uh, get mixed with, uh, with the bees that we have. The bees that we have, the honeybees, are not that mean. I found as the bees fly around the trees and all getting the nectar, they generally won't bother you unless you bother them, unless you catch them and uh, mash them or something. You just leave them alone. They generally will leave you alone. And, uh, but these bees are not like that. They just like to run you down and sting you. Now, I understand what I've, what I've heard about it and what I've read about it. Now, I thought about that, and I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23. Exodus 23, page 99, your Schofield Bible, Exodus 23 and verse uh, 27. God talking about how that he's going to uh, drive out the people of the land of Canaan. Verse uh, 27, he said, I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. I will send hornets before thee. We shall drive out the, Hiv the, the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before thee. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate, and the beasts of the field multiply against thee. By little and little I will drive them out from before thee, until thou be increased and inherit the land. And I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea, even to the sea of the Philistines, and from the desert unto the river. I will deliver the inhabitants of the land 
into your land, in, into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. Now, God said, I'm going to send my fear before thee. And verse 28, he said, I will send hornets. He said, I'm going to make them turn their backs. You know how God drove out the inhabitants of the land? You read about those great victories Israel had. and God gave amazing victories. One reason, God, they had such victories because the bees is after them. God sent the hornets. God said, I'll drive them out. It don't take much for me to run from a bee. <laughs> That's a hornet. Uh, I mean, uh, they have a special way of uh, getting you good. I think they sting on the run. But, uh, but those hornets, and God said they will flee from these bees. I understand that's what these killer bees do. Now, I did some study on these, these that are spoken of in the Bible. And history says they were about an inch long. So these were... Uh, tremendous size bees or hornets about an inch long and if stung in the vital parts four of these bees could kill a horse four bees how'd you like to be stung by these bees and if you read Deuteronomy 7:20, Moses reaffirms the promise that God made here in Exodus and if you read Joshua 24 12 Joshua says that it was fulfilled just like God said he was. Uh, he would do. God promised it in Exodus the, near the end of the book of Joshua there. <coughs> Joshua said it happened just like God said it would happen. And the bees came, the hornets, and God drove them out. Now, I bring these things out tonight to simply help us understand how we need God and their reliance upon God. We now have AIDS, a disease that there's no cure for. And I just heard this week on the news. This fellow died and <clears throat> of a, he had AIDS, but he donated his body parts. You can do that. They'll take your heart and uh, various organs of your body, and eyes and whatever, and maybe help someone that that uh, needs a, a transplant to live. And they transplanted the various organs from this, uh, this fellow. And they didn't know he had AIDS, of course. And now a couple have already died that received those organs. And, and others, no doubt, all that received them will die. And here we have a major disease that's, that's uh, uh, threatening uh, great populations in the United States. And it started in the homosexual community. And that could be, that could be dealt with if we had enough politicians with, with some backbone to stand, take a stand for what's right and quit, quit making it a civil rights issue and, and try to protect the health of the American public. They could deal with it. But they won't do it. They're not interested in doing right. They're just interested in getting reelected and, and uh, keep that money flowing in. But... Uh, here we have this epidemic and the, the results are far-reaching 
And I don't have time to bring a message on that. I've brought a message in times past on the great AIDS epidemic that we, we're faced with and it's becoming more and more. And uh, we have that. And we have, we've had devastation from hurricanes and, and tornadoes and, and all this. And they say the killer bees are coming. And, of course, this year is uh, uh, minor as far as, uh, I don't know how minor it is. seems like it's destructive around my house. But uh, at least they're not eating the, the leaves and eating the, the, the crops and all. And, uh, but uh, what if God sent, sent a, a real plague? Like we read about there, we read in the beginning there, brought out about, about uh, uh, 50,000 tongues eating their weight daily covering an area of 2,000 square miles. That's, a, that's, that's quite an area. So how we need the Lord tonight, how we need to seek God, and as God's people uh, try to share the truth with a world that's lost without God and can't see their way to God and don't know who God is, even in America. You think as much preaching has been done in America, people know the truth you think people are not deceived, just knock, go out knocking on some doors. Right here, all in Medell County, everybody knows the truth. Go out knock on some doors. And you'll find out how mixed up folks really are. And so, we that know the Lord, we need to be faithful in giving out the truth of God. Let us pray.